And how many of you guys just appreciate the presence of God in this house, right? Like so good. And, um, you know, our, our team doesn't get enough credit sometimes. But uh, I was part of the team today, and so I know exactly what they did. And they got here, you know, they're here at 7.15 to make sure that they dot the I's and cross the T's. And I want us to give it up for our production team and our worship team. You guys are incredible. I love all of you. My heroes. All right, so uh, we're in our Facts or Feelings series. Go ahead and get your Bible. I go to James chapter 1. We're going to go there in a second. But I, I, uh, and, and by the way, if you want to follow along with us with digital notes, they're going to put a QR code up on the screen. You can scan it with your phone, uh, the camera of your phone, and you can follow along with us that way if you didn't bring your Bible or anything like that. But I remember uh, going to the gym. Yes, I go to the gym sometimes. And uh, I remember going to the gym one time, and I was, I was uh, walking in. As I was walking in, I was looking, and this, uh, this guy is lifting weights. Now, how many guys ever been, or girls, you've been in the gym when someone's lifting, but they're kind of lifting above their capacity? Right? So they're doing that whole grunt, scream, growl thing when they're lifting. The ah thing, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? But the thing was, there's only like 60 pounds on the bar, right? It was, it was a 65 to be exact. All right, so there was a 10 on each side. Now, if you don't know, the 10 inch plate is about this big, it was on each side. And I remember I was sitting there looking at him and I was like, brother. Like, I think you need to get this sorted out at home and then come back. Okay. Like, I remember thinking to myself, like, this guy is weak. And he wasn't a small guy. Like, I was just like, man, this guy is, uh, he's weak. And so I was kind of laughing to myself because, you know, you don't laugh at anyone in the gym uh, because you don't know what's about to happen to you. Now this, just so you know, this is a CrossFit gym. All right. So if you know anything about CrossFit, uh, number one, if you know anyone that does CrossFit, they'll be the first one to tell you they do CrossFit. All right. But secondly, uh, if you know anything about CrossFit, everyone does the same workout. All right. So you come in, you do it kind of as a community. It's a lot of fun. It is really good, actually. But as we were kind of doing the workout, uh, uh, as I got into the workout, what I realized was that the whole lifting uh, thing that he was doing there uh, was uh, he was he was lifting, but he was burning out. Now, if some of you know what a burnout is. That's when you just lift as many times as you can until your arms turn into noodles and you can't lift nothing else. All right. And so what I experienced walking in was him burning out and his arms like giving out on him. Okay. So from my perspective, he looked like a weakling. What I didn't realize is he had just like gone through a thousand reps or whatever, and his arms were toast. Right. But it wasn't that he could lift. He couldn't lift more. He could lift more, but the time that he had spent lifting wore him out. And today I want to talk to you about faith. Because I believe that there is more faith in us than sometimes what appears on the surface. The problem is that sometimes we've been lifting so long, we've been going so hard, that it's not that we don't have more faith, it's that the faith that we have has run out. And so I don't know if any of you have ever found yourself in that place, but today I want to talk about faith. Turn to your neighbor and say faith. So uh, we're in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. And in James chapter 1, 2 through 4, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many of you find great joy whenever troubles come your way? <laughs> like when trouble knocks on your door, how many of you are like, oh, I'm so glad you're here today? <laughs> Nobody, right? Okay, good. I was going to make sure. I was going to call you a liar and send you out. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I was going to do. But how many of you know we don't count it joy when we come into painful situations, right? But this is what it says in James. For you know 
that when your faith is tested, say faith is tested. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Say needing nothing. So what God is telling us through James in the Bible is that when we come into contact with painful situations, when we meet circumstances that tend to spread us in, when our faith is tested to the degree that we feel like we're going to run out and our endurance is hitting its limit, that's when our endurance is growing and that's when we're finding out who God is in us. Because how many of you know it's not hard to persevere when it's you persevering without God? I'm going to say that again. How many of you know when it's just your strength that you're mustering up, it's not hard to trust God? Like, oh, I knew he had it, you know. But in reality, what you're doing is leaning on you. But when your faith runs out, when, when it looks like there is no way of escape, when it looks like you've done all you can do, when it looks like the world around you is about to crumble, and now you've got to trust God, how many know that's a different kind of faith? How many of y'all know you got to start trusting a little more on that? And how many of you, like me, are guilty of being like, I don't know if you got this one. So our faith is tested, right? But what comes against our faith more than fear? What comes against our faith more than fear? How many of you guys know there's healthy aspects of fear, right? Like fear keeps you from running out in the middle of the highway and getting hit by a car. Like, I don't want that in my life, right? Like, faith makes you check that chicken tender one good time before you consume it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't trying to get salmonella right now. It's not what I want in my life, right? Like, so there are healthy, like, faith causes you to walk your child out to the street and be like, you see that squirrel? Don't run after the ball no more. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Freddie here, right? Okay, like you pay for therapy later. You keep your kid today, everything like that. But like, in all honesty, right, there are healthy aspects to fear, okay? But fear also is something that gets overwhelmingly represented to us, isn't it? Like how many of you know we live in an age where information is so readily available to us that it's overwhelming, like how many of you know, like, we are consumed by information that, quite frankly, we didn't ask for? Get on social media right now. Everyone's trying to give you information that you didn't ask for. Like, I didn't ask for this. I don't want to know the best of the whoever's and the whatever's, right? Like, I, don't, I didn't want to know this information about this or that. Like, CNN, Fox News, your friends, whatever. Like, they're constantly trying to bombard you with information. And we live in what they call an information-to-action ratio bias. The information to action ratio is off in our lives. Now, I know many of you are like, what does that mean? What I mean by it is this. We have an onslaught of information that we're not asking for that's driving our behavior. Meanwhile, we are ignoring the information that we needed to change our life. John Tyson puts it this way in your notes. We know everything that we can do nothing about. And we do I'm sorry we know everything that we can do nothing about and almost nothing about that which we can do everything about think about it for a second how many of you know the statistics in Wuhan China right now for coronavirus where y'all at the investigators where y'all investigators at like you know looked up stats how many of you know like survival ratings you know how many people in Escambia County done could like, you know everything where are all the investigators my wife's an investigator she's like I want to know the details of all the little things in my life I want it all 
I want to know everything. I want all, I want all the details. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I don't want no details. Here's the thing. We know everything about the stuff we can do nothing about. Meanwhile, we're doing nothing about the things we have absolute control over. Many of you have stayed up night after night, week after week, and month after month. Anxiety has consumed you and fear is overwhelming over a virus you can do nothing about, but you don't even know your neighbor's names or whether or not they know the gospel. We are consumed by the thing we can do nothing about. Listen, I can't do anything about what's going to happen with COVID tomorrow. I can't do anything about what may come about it. None of us can do anything about how it's going to impact our jobs, our future. None of us can do anything about how it's going to impact us. And you may say, well, I can do something about it. I'm going to just stay home. I got five friends right now. They didn't leave their house for four months and got COVID. So you, there's, how many know there's nothing you can do about it? But how many of you guys know we have been paralyzed into an inactive faith by not doing things we can do something about? And so what I believe God is challenging us is that we should activate our faith into a movement to start creating purpose in our lives and pursuing after the thing that God has for us. Can I get an amen on that? Listen, it's time that we start moving. So some of us are more worried about someone's face being covered up rather than whether or not their soul is taken care of. Matthew 10, 28 says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But we should be afraid of the one who can take care of both the soul and the body. In other words, he's saying, you're more worried about the worldly things, but you're not even paying attention to the God who has control over everything. And I don't know about you guys, but I found myself there a few times. In the last six months, being consumed, I finally just said, you know what? I'm going to stop scrolling on social media. So I don't do the scroll thing. If you tag me in something, I'll see it. But I don't like just someone mentioned the other day. They're like, hey, I'm just kind of upset because you didn't reach out to me after my family member passed away. I said, your family member passed away? Like, yeah, we put it on Facebook. You didn't see it? I'm like, no. Why? Because I gave up on the mindless scroll of unrequested uh, information into my life. And what I've pursued now is, God, put me in front of the things you want to put me in front of so that I can have the information to be able to lead our church well, my family well. But you know what? I'm not going after, and I'm not playing the fear game anymore. I'm ready to start pursuing what you have for me. And can I tell you something? God has something bitter, bigger than, better than, greater than in your life. He's ready to show out for you. He's ready to introduce you to a life that you knew once existed, but somewhere in the last six months, some of you have given up on it. You've allowed anxiety to consume you and fear to overwhelm you. And I'm here to tell you today that God is ready to put some of us back on track and let our faith overcome our fear again. And so we find ourselves in these places. And here's the deal. We've allowed, you write this down in your notes, we've allowed the steady flow of fear to paralyze us into an inactive faith. We've allowed the steady flow of fear to paralyze us into an inactive faith. But how many know it's time that we overcome that fear with faith? It's time that we meet that fear with faith. How many know fear can paralyze you? Like, I don't know about you guys, when I was growing up, I always thought one thing was going to be a bigger deal than it actually ended up being. You know what that is? Quicksand. Like, I don't know about you, but I had a whole strategy for if I ever found myself in quicksand. 
Like, I mean, like, you're going to move slowly, like, try to work your way to the edge. Like, I, I remember watching it in cartoons and TV shows. I was like, man, if I ever get quicksand, quicksand is something that can take you out. I remember, like, thinking, I don't know about anything else the world has to offer, but that stuff is dangerous. And I had a plan. I don't know if it consumed, but, like, I was scared of quicksand. Like, I had a plan. And I found myself, like, kind of rehearsing what I was going to do. But here's what I figured out in the process of being scared of quicksand. Even though I never met quicksand in my life, literally, I definitely met the, the aspects of quicksand in my life emotionally. I definitely met quicksand in a different kind I never found myself physically sinking into something that I couldn't control, but I have found myself emotionally sinking into something that it didn't matter how hard I fought. It didn't matter how hard I climbed. It didn't matter what I tried to grab a hold of. I found myself continuing to sink. And it became overwhelming. And you feel like you can't breathe. And the reality is this. Fear can paralyze us. But the enemy's goal in your life, and I want you, some of you to grab a hold of it. If your faith is in Jesus Christ today, if the Lord of the universe, if God himself is the Lord of your life, hear me, the enemy's plan is not to convince you you want hell more than heaven. It's not to convince you that you don't love Jesus enough. The enemy's plan is to paralyze you with so much of the world that you become purposeless in the kingdom. To keep you consumed by everything around you so much that you wouldn't pursue the things of God in your life. But how many guys know it's time we put faith back in action? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm putting it back in action. Faith is where we're going. Go to Luke 22. If you have your Bibles, you can go there for a second. We see Jesus talking to Simon. And he looks at him, and, and there's a number of things going on. And, but Jesus looks at him in Luke 22, and he says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that you would white-knuckle your way through it and grit and grind and hold on as long as you can. That's not what he said. Y'all like, that's not on the screen. That's crazy. No, like, he didn't say, I want you to work as hard as you can and just hope for the best. That's not what he said. He said, I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith would not fail. And I, and I want you to lean into this for a second because essentially, uh, if you know what sifting wheat is like, there is a process by which they take the wheat and they run it into the floor and they break off all the kernels and they break off. Then they grind it together to break off any other debris so that they can break it down to just the wheat that they want to use. And it's a, it's a violent process. It's a grinding, right? It's a, it's a stretching and it's a physical process to where the, the wheat is torn from everything else. And what Jesus is saying to Simon is saying, listen, Simon, I want you to understand the enemy has a plan to grind you out. He wants to separate you. He wants to pull you apart. He wants to allow politics or religion or the things of this world to pull you out of the church so that you're no longer connected to the people of God that he wants you to stay connected to. There's a process by which God is trying to pull you out. How many guys have felt pulled out over the last six months? You felt grinded over the last six months. You felt the enemy doing work to keep you distanced, to separate you, to hurt you. And I'm here to tell you that the same thing was happening. Jesus is saying, Simon, the enemy, Satan has a plan to sift you as wheat. I don't know about you guys, but the last six months, I've sure felt sifted. I've sure felt distanced. I've sure felt the grinding. I've sure felt the hurt. Like, I love you guys. Preaching to a camera ain't the same. I love all y'all out there too, but... <laughs> And I'll preach to y'all a little bit. Like, but, 
Like, I want to be around some people, man. I want the body. I, 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 I want to experience community. And he says, Simon, the enemy has a plan to say, but I have prayed that your faith wouldn't say that word with me, fail. And that word fail comes from the Greek word eklipo, and I want you to grab a hold of this for a second, which is where we get the word eclipse from. And essentially what Jesus is telling Simon isn't I'm praying that your faith wouldn't fold up underneath you. He's not saying that I'm, I'm praying that your faith wouldn't be you know, so weak that you wouldn't have enough. He's saying, I'm praying that the circumstances that the enemy is about to bring into your life would not become so big that they would eclipse me out of your view. He's not saying that our faith is so weak that we don't have enough to get through it. What Jesus is telling Simon and what we can learn from this passage is that Jesus is actually saying, no, 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 no. It's not about whether or not you have enough faith. It's whether or not you see your problems as so big that you can no longer see me. And that's where our faith is tested. And I grew up in the movement of like, well, you just need to have more faith. You just need to have more faith. If you don't have enough faith, that's why. The, now, Pastor Dan didn't necessarily preach that to me, but I grew up in circles, charismatic circles, where it's like, well, if that's the case, then you just didn't have enough faith. Hear me. Jesus already told us how much faith is required. What we need to do is see God big enough that we can activate our small faith in a big God to overcome big circumstances in our lives. And so God is trying to show us. And what he's telling Simon isn't you need to be strong enough. What he's trying to tell you, you need your view of me clear enough. And hear me today. In your life, it's not that you need to be strong enough. You need your view of God to be clear enough. You see, our faith is at its lowest when we've lost our ability to see God. Our faith is at its lowest when we've lost our ability to see God. So we have to see him more clearly. And my question to you is this. What in your life have you allowed to eclipse God in your life? What is it in your life that was so big that you lost the ability to see God clearly because this thing was so huge? And whatever that is, God's trying to tell you like he told Simon, I'm praying that your faith wouldn't fail. In other words, I'm praying that you would trust me even though this thing is big, even though this problem is painful, even though this circumstance seems out of control. I'm praying that you would still look to me in the shadow of this thing. And God wants our faith to be strong. You see, our faith is inspired in the fact that we belong to him. Say belong. Your faith is is inspired in the fact that you belong to the God of the universe. Some of you need to lean into that for just a second. The God of the universe, Jesus who paid with his life, he say you belong to him. And so your faith can be inspired because you belong. Those of you that are watching online, I want you to look at me for a second. Your faith can be inspired because you belong to God. And you may be sitting there going, like, Pastor, I don't even know if I belong to God. Well, we'll fix that in a minute, okay? So, like, we'll, we'll help you with that part. But when you belong, your faith can be inspired. Romans 8, 31 through 32 says this. If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Oh, come on, some of you need to go ahead and let you. That needs to become an active faith in you right now. If God is for us, who can be against us? Make that personal for a second and say it out loud with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Listen, some of you, you've let the haters on Instagram, Facebook, you've let people that don't like you, you've let family that doesn't believe in you shatter the faith in yourself. Not believing, you're saying if they don't believe it, there's no way God can believe it for me. And I'm here to tell you that God doesn't need other people people's permission to inspire you to greatness. God doesn't need other people's permission to give you purpose and destiny that if whatever he has set before the foundation of the world, your parents and their screw-ups doesn't dictate God's capacity for you to have purpose. And so you don't need anybody's permission. I, my, my wife, uh, is she's such a gentle spirit. Unless you set her off, then she can go real hood real quick. I'm not kidding, okay? <laughs> so don't y'all try or she comes sideways. Anyway, so, but uh, I, I remember we were riding uh, down the road the other day, and so um, we, were, we got stuck behind somebody going 10 miles under the speed limit. Okay, so everyone, we already know, okay? So I'm in the passenger seat, she's driving, and 10 miles under the speed limit, there's very few things that will make me take my pastor hat off faster than someone going 10 miles under the speed limit. Move! Like, I know they can see me in the rearview mirror, like. And so uh, we're behind them, and she keeps looking over her shoulder, looking over her shoulder. I'm like, what are you looking at? She's like, I'm waiting for these, this line of cars to pass by so that I can get over to go around this guy. I'm like, oh, you and I are so different. And then the line of cars, five miles worth, it felt like, passed by. And she turns on her blinker, and she eases over. And I said, see, that's not how it works, honey. <laughs> so about a week later, I was driving in the car, right? And we got behind somebody that was doing a good five or 10 under the speed limit. And so you know what I did? Blinker first, then I check. And hear me, I'm not checking for whether or not people are there. I'm letting you know I'm coming over. So you better figure it out on your end because this tundra is moving to your lane. Y'all know what I'm talking like. So I'm, I'm, that's just a warning for y'all to get it figured out because I'm coming. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Like I'm not asking permission. I'm on my way. And so she was like, I don't think you can fit in that spot. Oh, honey, I'll fit in that spot. You want to know why? I know where I'm going. Y'all got to figure it out. And hear me for a second. Some of you need to grab a hold of the fact that God is not looking for people's permission to let you into the spaces that he has called you to. When you are on your job, when you are in your home, you don't need to wait for people to give you the green light on whether or not you can pursue purpose and speak life and be full of joy. No, 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 no. Listen, you need to just turn the blinker on and say, hey, I don't care if you like it or not. I'm coming with the purpose and destiny that God has given me and you can get out of the way if you want to but I'm not asking for your permission I'm moving over and y'all better figure it out because that's what active faith looks like if you want to have passive faith oh just wait for God to just do something I guess no 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 listen I'm coming and some of you you've had that once before in your life but you lost it somewhere 
And you need to get that back again. No, 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 no. What God has spoken over my life is still over my life. And I don't need anybody's permission. I'm not turning the blinker on of life. I'm not, I'm not letting you know that this is happening so that you can give me permission. I'm letting you know what's happening so that you can get out of the way if you need to. Because I'm pursuing the things of God in my life, whether y'all like it or not. And hear me, whether the enemy likes it or not too. Some of you are concerned with pursuing the things of God because you know it's going to set in motion a plan of the enemy to try to stop you. And it's easier to not pursue a faith-filled life after God than it is to worry about the enemy's plans. But I'm here to tell you today, I'm turning my blinker on. Enemy, Satan, you can figure it out if you want to. Set the plans in motion if you've got to, but I'm pursuing what God has for me, and there's nothing you're putting in motion that's going to stop me from going where I'm going. Oh, no, some of you need to lean into that. You've been passive for six months. You've let fear stalemate you. You've let anxiety consume your mind. And I'm here to tell you today that God is looking for a people, a group He's looking for someone that would not be so worried about the world and the enemy. He's not worried about the line of cars. He's looking for someone that's ready to turn their blinker on and say, I'm coming. And if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. Because I'm coming. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, I'm coming. Your neighbor's like, I believe you. All right, I believe you. Don't just don't get crazy. Since, go back to Romans 8 with us, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? In other words, God is saying, if I've given you Jesus to pay for your sins, give you access to an eternity in heaven, don't you think I've got everything else taken care of? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Should trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or COVID-19 or a loss of a job or the dislike of your loved ones or unapproval of your family members or any of those things or fear, would any of those things separate us from the love of Christ? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor an, or neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Hear me today. God's on your side. And some of you need to start believing it. Some of you online, you're watching right now. And the reason you're not even in the room right now, which I'm not trying to like push being in the room. You should, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm saying the reason you're not is because you're so consumed with anxiety and fear that you don't know if you can show up somewhere. I'm going to tell you today, God's bigger than anything you got anxiety about. And you need to believe that. Some of you in the room, you've become inactive in your life, worried about whatever life is going to throw at you. God is bigger than anything you may come against in your life. God's got you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got you. Now turn to the person you just cold-shouldered on the other side of you, just neglected, <laughs> right? You had to pick somebody, right? They were the one that got it. Look at the other person and say, God's got you too. Just second. No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Hear me. We don't need a clearer picture of statistics. We don't need a clearer picture of what the news is telling us. We got a plenty p- good picture of that. 
We don't need a clearer picture of what our friends think about politics and all that stuff. I don't need a clearer picture about presidential candidates. I don't need a clearer picture about none of that stuff. I need a clearer picture of who God is. And when I get a clearer picture of who God is, I have a clearer picture of everything else. So we pursue that. Why? Because faith overcomes our fear when we remember who God really is for us. Faith overcomes our fear. Faith overcomes our fear when we remember who God really is for us. Can I tell you something? He's the sovereign one. He's the one that controls everything. The reason you're breathing today is because he has destined from the foundation of the world for you to take a breath right now. He is all, all knowing. He is the alpha and he's the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one that uses words to create galaxies. He's the one that tells the oceans they can only come this far. I'm here to tell you today, he's got your problems figured out already. Some of us need to lean into who God already is, not believing whether or not he is or not. I'm here to tell you today that it's not about your pain, your hurts, your circumstances, your problems. He's already got that under control. What we need to do is not try to believe in God, but know, trust, and have faith in a God that's bigger than anything we can come in contact with. Some of you are watching online. I'm here to tell you today, your struggles does not dictate God's capacity to move in your life nor are they evidence of whether or not he's here for you. No, 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 no. God is on your side. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. He's invested in your story. You see, when you activate faith and when you get victory, guess what happens? He gets glory. So activate that faith that says, I'm putting God above everything else. So I told you about me walking in the gym and I saw dudes struggling to lift 65. Thinking to myself, ah, goodness. Get you a protein shake or something. Right? Now, you don't ever say that out loud, right? But we've all thought it. Okay, so I was looking at him, and here's what I realized. It made me remember that something my coach taught me a long time ago, puny lifts get puny results. Weak lifting gives weak results. Now in this particular case, he was just burnt out. But here's what I want some of you to lean into. Some of you have been activating weak faith and wondering why weak outcomes keep showing up at your doorstep. You haven't been testing the endurance. You haven't been lifting hard. You haven't been having to trust the Lord. No, no, no. You've been using weak faith and wondering why the enemy keeps owning you. You wonder why he keeps eating your lunch. I'm here to tell you today that you've got to start activating some strong faith. You've got to start believing big. You've got to start trusting a sovereign God. You've got to start looking to the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You've got to start trusting with faith that God's got you. And when you start activating bigger faith, saying, you know what, I'm believing that God's coming through for this. I'm believing he's spoken this. I'm believing I'm trusting him for this. And as you start leaning into who God has already declared he is in your life, as you start trusting him in those spaces, I'm here to tell you, you're activating strong 
stronger faith. You're starting to lean in with more endurance. You're starting to pull through the circumstances. And now the circumstances aren't owning you, but you're watching God own your circumstances. And you're able to activate stronger faith and stronger faith and stronger faith. And hear me, you're not lifting weak, puny faith anymore, but you're activating strong, heroic faith. Believing in a God that can move for you. Because he's here for us. Some of us, we've showed up to church week after week. We've given week after week. We're doing all the things week after week. And we think that our activity is presenting strength. Hear me, activity doesn't make you stronger. Lifting heavier makes you stronger. If you're lifting nothing, you're not building muscle. And some of you haven't challenged the faith anymore. You've just kind of given up. I'm just going to exist in this world and whatever will be, will be. No, no, no. I'm challenging some faith. I'm moving forward. Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is the assurance of that what we hoped for. This is the ISV. Faith is the assurance of what we're hoping for. I'm hoping for this. I'm believing God for this. I'm trusting. I'm believing God that my marriage is going to be restored. I'm believing God my kids are coming back to the faith. I'm believing God that they're going to be back in the church. I'm believing God that these relationships are going to be intact. I'm believing God that he's going to help me overcome my anxiety and my depression. I'm believing that God is going to lead me through this financial crisis. I'm believing that God is going to help me through COVID. I'm I'm believing for what I'm hoping for. But We're hoping that it will come about with the certainty that we cannot see it. You know what it means? I'm believing for it. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm believing for it. And we need to start triggering and setting up some faith that says, you know, I'm believing for this. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm believing for this. Listen, I've watched my brother in a coma for 24 days. The doctor said he was dead. Start coming back to life. That's an active kind of faith. He's running around here somewhere, setting up flags and smiling and getting on everyone's nerves. He's here. So I'm, tell, I'm, here, I'm telling you, like, but you want to know what? You know what? Puny faith doesn't get those kind of results. But here's the beauty. It's just not that your faith is puny because you don't have enough. Just like with Simon, God's saying, it's not that I don't, it's not that you don't have enough faith. It's that I'm worried your picture of me gets consumed where you don't know where to put your faith. And we need to put our faith in a God that's got us. So go back to James 1, 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it a great opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Some of you, I believe this is a a word that some of you need to just grab a hold of right here. It's a new season. It's a new season where your endurance has proved that your faith is ready to grow. How many of you are ready for your faith to grow? How many of you are ready to believe in a God that is going to start to stir up new faith for you? Your faith is ready to grow. Matthew 17, 20. Because some of you are saying, but Brad, I don't feel like it. I'm scared. I'm worried. Right? I'm concerned. Here's the beautiful part about faith is it's never really been about how much you have. It's more about where you're putting it. Matthew 17, 20, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mountain, is that what it says? No. If you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, 
Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Because here's the thing about faith. Faith is about potency, not size. It's not about how much you have. It's about where you're putting it. So, when you're putting your faith into action, it's all about believing in a big God to do big things, to bring about purpose and destiny and fulfillment and joy and refreshing to carry you through your life. How many of you guys are ready for that kind of faith? Amen. Can we give it up for Jesus one time in this house? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, as we come to you, Lord, and we're just so grateful that you, God, even in seasons where it felt like you weren't there, we know that the Bible says you'll never leave us nor forsake us. So God, our faith is in you even in moments where we may not have been able to see you clearly. So God, where our circumstances have eclipsed our view of you, God, I pray that we would put you in the right view and we could see that you're bigger than and better than and greater than anything we would come in contact with. Help us activate our faith that it would overwhelm the aspects of fear and that we can see and trust, believe, and have confidence in who you are. We love you today. In Jesus' name, with everyone's heads bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here or you're watching us online even, and you're saying, right, I, I believe, I, I want to believe that God can do those things for me, but honestly, I don't even know that I, I, I've given my life to God. I don't know that I know him but I want to. And today, if you're listening to this message, if you're watching this message, if you're here in the room and you're ready for Jesus to give you a fresh start, you're ready for the sins of your life to be washed away and you're ready to put your faith in Jesus and give him your life. I'm here, to tell you, I'm here today to tell you that he's here and he's ready. And for some of you, there's a prompting in your heart. There's a pull that God's saying, now is the time I want you to know me. And if that's you today, I want to introduce you to a Jesus that loves you. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to say a prayer together today. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, if you're ready to respond to that tugging on your heart, if you're ready to say yes, you're ready for your sins to be wiped away. The Bible says we repent of our sins, never to go back. And we put our faith in Jesus that when he died on the cross, he paid for our sins. And if that's you today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And the whole church is going to pray it with you. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer puts words to the actions of your heart. This says, I'm believing in you, Jesus, that you are taking my sins and making me brand new. So let's pray this prayer together, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I give you my life. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you resurrected. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, can we put our hands together for all those that prayed that one time? Awesome. We celebrate with you. Awesome, 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 awesome.